You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast with Ari Goldwag, recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramah Bechem and Shizrael 5782-2022. This week in Chutz Laaretz, we're reading Parsha's Shlach, and in Eretz Yisrael, we are reading Parsha's Korach. I'd like to share with you a thought from the end of the Medrash in Parsha's, in Parsha's Shlach, and a Ramban at the beginning of Parsha's Korach. Amazing connection between the two concepts, a very powerful idea that we can take with us and we can use in our lives. The end of the parsha speaks about the mitzvah of tzitzis. The mitzvah of tzitzis is an obligation to place on the four corner garments special strings made out of wool, preferably. The Pasuk tells us that the reason, what is the purpose of these strings? What do they accomplish for us? How do they help us? What's the idea behind them? Pasik says, That somehow within the mitzvah of tzitzis, and we'll soon see what is the concept behind it, but the mitzvah of tzitzis contains within it all of the commandments of the Torah. It reminds us. It's our uniform. We're the tzitzis, or we see the tzitzis specifically, and it reminds us somehow of all of the mitzvahs of the Torah, all the commandments of God. Of course, we need to understand how. What is the concept behind it? There's also the concept of the trellis, which we don't have today, unfortunately. We don't have that blue string. And yet, the blue string, as the, as the Gemara tells us, I believe it's in Menachas, that the blue string reminds us of the sea, reminds us of the, of the heavens, reminds us of the throne of God's glory. Somehow it serves to bring us back to Hashem, to bring us back to our relationship and our servitude to God. The question is how? What is the concept behind it? Also, the Pasuk says, and we say this every day, in Shema, It's natural for a person to be drawn after their eyes, after their heart, person, person's emotions, person's, the, that which we see draws us in. But somehow, the mitzvah of tzitzis serves to help us to be reminded of our service to God and not be drawn after our eyes and not be drawn after our hearts. And we need to understand how that works. What is the concept before we actually get into the Medrash, I want to mention something that I've heard from Marash Shiva. I'm going to mention a few things from him in Sashem today. And he talks about something which he said. I remember this is, I heard this 25 years ago, but I've heard it again since. Listen to him almost every day. He said that, I'm going to tell you something that you probably won't hear anywhere else. You're not going to hear anywhere else because most people don't think about this idea or speak about this idea. But we are human beings. And when we learn Musr, when we learn ethical teachings of the Torah, so we find things out about ourselves that we may not have known. We find out that we have a Nagia. We find out that we have bias. That our bias leans us in a certain direction to make certain choices that we may not actually want to make intellectually. Right? We're drawn after our eyes. We're drawn after our hearts. Our emotions push us in a certain direction. We'll see about that with regards to Parshish Korach, Korach himself. He was drawn after his heart, his emotions, his desire for honor. We'll get to that as well. But we're naturally drawn after these things, and we need to recognize that within ourselves. We don't necessarily even realize it. The more we learn about it, the more we understand the concept of bias that we have naturally. We're all human. But how can we shift it in the direction? How can we shift it towards ruchnis, towards spiritual strivings, that our bias should be towards service of God? towards less selfishness, more humility. How do we do that? So one of the means with which HaKadosh Baruch Hu blessed us is the mitzvah of tzitzis. And this is something, if we understand it in concept, even if 
You may be someone who's not obligated to the mitzvah tzitzis, but still, we can understand and concept this idea, and we can apply it to ourselves no matter what. So let's read the Medrash together, and we'll see what our great sages teach us. The Pesach says, Do not be drawn after your hearts. Loisasuru is written with a tough, tough vav resh vav. Loisasuru, which literally means like the the spies were sent into Israel in order to latur et ha'aretz. That's the same word. Lasur means to to scope out this the city, to scope out the land, right? So we scope out with our eyes, and we are drawn after that which we see. Says the Medrash, a powerful thing. Now this word sarsurin is similar, it sounds similar to Sasuru, but it's actually written with a samach instead of a tav. The heart and the eyes, they turn a person. They are that which is used by the body, the desires, the lower parts of the human being, to bring a person to do particular actions. Sometimes those actions, we could define them as sin. They turn a person away. As we said, you know, the, the example I like to give is, kid walks into the house. Really, this is true of all of us who were all kids. Kid walks into the house, sees that their sibling has a candy, has, a, has an ice pop, has something that they got as a present from somebody, from a, for a birthday, whatever it is. Child sees that not the child wants it. A moment ago he was happy, he was coming in whistling as he walks up the steps. Now the child is upset. I want that too. Right? So the eyes and the heart desire things that we don't really need per se. Sometimes we do need those things. Sometimes, you know. Those things are necessary, but we nece- we we are drawn after our eyes. They are sarsur. In other words, sarsur means to turn. Lasur means to turn. Sar, sar, means we turn and turn, right? Our taivas, our negias, our biases, our desires, they turn us and turn us. And they cause us to do sins. Okay, so that's the problem. We're presented with the issue. How do we deal with this issue? So the Medrash offers us a way out. The purpose of the, of the mitzvah of tzitzis, and the, which represents the entire Torah, as we'll soon see, it rep- represents all the teachings, all of the commandments, it starts to remember and, and fulfill all of the mitzvahs, the commandments. What is the idea? Says the Medrash, an amazing thing. This is comparable to somebody who fell into the water. He's outside of the ship. He, he, he somehow fell off the ship and, and he fell into the water. So the captain of the ship throws a rope towards the person. The captain of the ship says, Hold on to this rope. Don't let go. If you let go of the rope, you'll be, you won't have life. Listen to the beautiful muscle. A guy is drowning in the sea. He's, 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 it looks like it's over for him. The captain sends him a rope and says, Grab onto this rope. It will save your life. Hashem says the same thing to the Jewish people, to the people of Israel. As long as you hold on to the rope, what's the rope? We're drowning here in the sea of our biases, of our Yitzhahara, of our evil inclination. As long as you hold on to that rope, what's the rope? The rope is the Torah. The rope is the commandments. 
אתם מדביקים השם לקחם חיים כולכם היום. First passage, the first verse that the, the Medrash brings is, as long as you hold on to the commandments, as long as you hold on to Torah, you have, you have life. You have a way out of the Yitzhahara, of the entrapments of this world. So it's beautiful. It's such a beautiful mashal because we're talking about the tzitzis, which are strings, right? All you need to do is look at your tzitzis. Just take a look. The tzitzis are strings, and they're ropes, and they're, they're tied on to the four-cornered garment, which somehow represents the mitzvahs, it represents the Torah. There's, this is the rope that we hold on to, that we look at and remind ourselves. We see the tcheles. If in Ritz Hashem soon Mashiach will come, we'll have the tcheles again. You see the tcheles, the, the blue-colored string, it reminds us of the sea, of the heavens. It ties us back to the Kisei covered to the throne of Hashem's glory. And it reminds us to hold on to Hashem. Hold on to mitzvahs. That's the only way that we're going to have life. Because Hashem is life. And here we are, we're drowning in the sea of this world. V'cheinu Oimer brings another pasuk in Mishlei, pasuk from King Solomon. Hachzik ba'musar al-teref nitzreo. Hold on to musar. What does the word musar mean? It means literally rebuke. But it means, though it has the same... Shoresh uh, has the same root as the word sarsar, which we had before. Those things that turn and turn, right? The sarsarin, the eyes and the, and the, and the heart are pulled along. They're turned by the Yitzhahara, the evil inclination, by our biases, by our desire for, for honor, money, tivus, desires. But there's something called musar. Musar also turns us. It, it's the rebuke. It's the ethical teachings that turn us in the direction of good. That's musar. Hachzik ba Musar, hold on to Musar, hold on to the words of wisdom of King Solomon of the Torah. Al teref nitzreha kihichayecha. Don't let go of those things that protect you, because they are your life. When you hold on to Musar, when you hold on to ethical teachings, when you hold on to Torah, when you hold on to the tzitzis, what they represent, the mitzvahs, the commandments, so then you're going to be led in the correct direction. You're going to be led in the correct direction. But the question is how? How do we get into that space? Because here's the question, the issue. Merosh Yeshiva put it this way. Again, I heard this recently in a, in a shir based on Madrigas Adam, the altar of Navardic. He says the following question, you know, and I've mentioned this before in podcasts, if you've been listening for a long time, you might have heard this idea, but it's always worth repeating it. The mind, the intellect, is that which reminds us of what we seek, of what we want, of spirituality, of Avedis Hashem, of serving God. But the problem is like this, our emotions and our biases and our pull towards tivus, towards physical desires, towards emotional desires are so quick. That pull comes in a moment, in a flash. And by the time our intellect says, you know, I really shouldn't be eating that chocolate, as my Shiva says, it's gone. The chocolate's already gone down our throats. So how do, we, how do we get our intellect to catch up with our emotions and with our automatic responses? How do we, as a, a certain secular but very spiritual uh, writer says, how do we find the space between stimu- stimulus and response? So the Altar of Navardic teaches an incredible idea, a, a musar, a yisayid, and musar, a yisayid, in ethical teachings that was used 
in the in the hundred years ago on through many many years later I, I heard personal accounts from one of my rabbin Rabbi Yehuda uh, I'm sorry Rabbi uh, Rabbi Nekritz is Rabbi Yehuda Leib Nekritz's son Rabbi Yehuda Leib Nekritz was a was a uh, son-in-law of Avram Yavin, who was the son-in-law of the Altar of Navardic. So I heard this from a great-grandson of the Altar of Navardic, that the way that they would do it, Rosh Hashiva says this as well, the Altar himself says it, what they would do is they would learn Musar, but they wouldn't just study the words in an intellectual way. They would actually get emotionally involved. It's called Musar Bispilus, which means they would awaken their emotions, they would read the Musar, and they would sing it. And they would get into it. They would sing it. They would say it emotionally. When a person awakens his emotions, you get excited about something. You get excited about that thing. It has, a, it has much more of an impact when we engage our emotion in the importance of Torah, in the importance of learning, in the importance of of Avedis Hashem, service of God, working on Midas. When we arouse our emotions, so it's not just our intellect battling the automatic emotions of our, of our biases. We actually engage our emotions and, so to speak, our biases in the direction of Torah. You know, you could have a person who's very into sports, let's say. You can have a person who's very into learning. You read Svarim. You read the books about G'daylem, great people. I'm, I read recently some, some stories about the Stipler. Or you hear stories about Rav Uri Zohar, who passed away recently. And you see the incredible hasmada, the, the incredible dedication, the importance of Torah to them. They were emotionally involved in it. They, they got themselves entirely, they became fans of Torah. What, what, what's, what's the difference? Why does one person become a fan of this type of thing and another person becomes a fan of Torah? The answer is emotional involvement making myself excited about it, investment into it. Right? A person can know all of the stats. A person can know all of the Gemara. I'll tell you a secret. When you learn a Gemara, you try to memorize it. You try to understand it and know it inside and out, by heart. You invest your emotion into it. It becomes exciting. Like, what do you talk about with your kids? Do you talk about... Of course, you talk about normal things. You talk about their day. What's exciting to you? Different Torah can be exciting to you. Words of Musa can be exciting to you. Amazing thing. But that's the power here. There's an emotional connection. We look at the tzitzis and hachzeg ba Musar. Hold on, says King Solomon. Hold on to Musar. Hold on to spiritual teachings. Hold on to Torah. And what's the result? V'yisem kedoshim. Then you become Holy. When you says the Medrash something really beautiful, and as is the way of the Medrash at the end of a parsha, it finishes off the parsha with a particular teaching, which gives us hope for the future. Because you know this is a daunting task. Of course, it's something that we can accomplish. The Medrash is telling us that we can overcome our emotion and that which we see, the natural desires that we, you know, you walk in the street, you see things. You want those things. You walk by a store. You see something nice. You want that thing. You see someone is driving a Tesla. You want that Tesla, right? It's a nice thing. But how do we control it? We control it with our emotion, attaching ourselves excitement around Tyra and mitzvahs. 
When we do that, when we are doing the mitzvahs, when we are emotionally attached to Torah, Atem Kudashim, you're holy. It says the mention another thing. Our fear is placed on our enemies, on the, on the idolaters, on the nations of the world who wish to fight against us. When we are doing what we're supposed to be doing, they see an aura of holiness in us. And they are not going to fight with us. They're not going to start up with us. Says the Medrash, an important thing. If we, heaven forbid, separate ourselves from Torah and Mitzvah, so then we become hollow. Our lives are hollow. They don't fear us. When we are filled with life, when we are filled with the life of Hashem, which we attain through keeping the Torah, when that's what our, that when that's that shines out through our faces, we see it. They see it. They're even inspired by us. They fear us. But if we don't, heaven forbid, the opposite. Menjus finishes off with a hopeful thought. God says to people of Israel, "In this world, because of the Yitzhar, because of your." evil inclination, because of your biases. So, heaven forbid, people can separate themselves from Torah, separate themselves from mitzvahs. But in the future, I'm going to uproot the Yitzhahara from you. Shneemar, as the Pesach says, God promises that in the future time, He's going to remove the heart of stone. We have a heart of stone inside of ourselves that makes us selfish, that makes us uncaring, that makes us not have empathy towards others, that we only care about ourselves, numero uno. Hashem is going to remove it. He's going to take out that heart of stone. He's going to give us a heart of flesh, a caring heart, a heart that cares for others. And I'm going to place my spirit in you, says Hashem, in the future, when the Mashiach comes, when the Messiah arrives. There's going to be a removal, as the Gemara in Sukkah tells us. Yitzhar is going to be slaughtered. It's going to be removed. The evil inclination is going to be removed from us. We're going to naturally do that which is God's will. Care for others. Chesed. Taira. All of these things. It's going to be natural for us. But now, it's not that way, right? But it can be that way. If we grab onto the rope, if we grab onto the, the Torah's rope, so to speak, when we do that, so then we are, we are holding on to life. We're holding on, even in these stormy seas of the world that we exist within, that we're drowning in the waters, but we can hold on to the rope of life. The tzitzis remind us of that. Now it's very interesting. Let's move for a moment into Parshas Korach. Because in Parshas Korach, we have a very powerful representation of this idea, as we said at the very beginning, in Korach himself. Because he was somebody who followed after his heart. The Ramban says it so beautifully. He says, what's the pshat? The verse says something very strange. It uses a very unusual language. It says, Vayikach Korach. Korach took. Let's see the words inside. Vayikach Korach ben Yitzhar ben Kehos ben Levi. Korach took. Who is he? He was Korach, the son of Yitzhar, the son of Kehos, the son of Levi. Vidosan Vaviram ben Eliyav. And Dustin and Aviram, the children of Eliav, Om Ben Peles, and Om Ben Peles, Ben Eruvain, the sons of Ruvain. Doesn't say what they took. Doesn't say, well, it's he took, right? It's Korach himself. Doesn't say exactly what he took. The Mephorshim struggled to explain this language. What does the verse mean? 
The Ramban offers a very powerful pshat. He says that Vayikach Karach means that his heart took him. He was taken by his heart. As we spoke about, it's very interesting, these two concepts are right next to each other, the, the concept of, of Tzitzis and the concept of Korach coming to rebel against Moshe. What happened? He was taken by his heart. His emotions took him. He said, what's going on here? It's not fair. There's nepotism going on. Moshe's giving preference to his brother. Moshe's giving preference to his family, Kahas. It's not fair. He was from the tribe of Levi as well. Why should we lose out? Why should we not have that honor that Aaron Hakain has, the honor that the family of Kahas has? So he was taken by his heart. His heart drew him. But beyond that, says the, the Ramban, I want to read this inside. Says, says the Ramban that the language of Vayikach is very appropriate. Vayikach means to take. Right? So besides the fact that his heart took him, the word Vayikach doesn't just mean to take, says the, says the Ramban. Whenever you have the beginning of an action, you have a taking. It's a language of inspiration. Vayikach means I was inspired to take, to take action in this case. Vayikach Korach doesn't mean that he took anything. It means he took inspiration. What did he take inspiration from? He took inspiration from the thought, right? You know, recently in the Mishpacha magazine, it sounds going to sound funny, but in the Mishpacha magazine, there was a conversation back and forth about the the fact that people write negative comments more often than they write positive things to the magazine. Why? What's the reason for it? It's very clear. A person is upset about something that was written in the magazine and they are motivated to write. Right? Vayikach. They take pen in hand and they write, or they take their keyboard in hand of their computer and they write a a, a, a negative response. That's natural. And, of course, that discussion inspired people to write positive things as well. But the emotions are aroused, as we saw. And they're inspired. And they're motivated now. Korach was motivated with an evil intent. Because he allowed himself to be motivated by his bias. By his desire for honor. By his desire for accomplishment. Which, with, with the right guidance, could be a good thing. Moshe says to them, Rav Lechem B'nei Levi, you guys have a lot. You people are the ones who carry the Mishkan, the parts of the Mishkan. You are the ones who are the, the Mishkan. You sing in the Mishkan. You sing and you are involved in the Aveda. You may not have the Shpitz, the highest level of, of service, but still you have a great level and you need to be happy with that level. So the, the Hisairus, the inspiration, is not necessarily a bad thing. It depends how it's directed. And that is a powerful idea that we can all take with us. The tzitzis serve to remind us and to awaken with us and to inspire us to use the Torah, to hold on to the rope of the Torah, that the Torah is our guide. And the ways of the Torah, the commandments of Hashem, those are the parts of our minds and His Torah, the, the inspiration that we have that we need to use to guide us to follow. We need to be aware of the biases. Korach made this mistake. He was not aware of his bias. 
He was not aware of the fact that he was jealous, that he was motivated by jealousy. In his mind, he thought that he was doing it Hashem Shemaim for the sake of heaven, but he was wrong. Because you can't do something wrong for the sake of heaven. It has to always be the means don't justify the ends. We don't say that in Torah theology, in Torah thought, better said, in Torah Ashkafa. The ends do not justify the means. The means are just as important as the ends because the means are how we get there to the ends. You can't skip. You can't do things based on the ends. Rather, it's necessary and important to, to realize that we have to focus on are we holding on to that rope of Torah? What is motivating us? What is inspiring us? We need to be aware. We need to think about it. And we need to be focused on it properly. Because if we're not focused on it properly, so then heaven forbid, we can go in the wrong direction. We can be f- pulled after our taivas. Don't be sar, sar. Don't be turned and turned. Don't be led astray by our eyes. We can't be led astray by our eyes and by our hearts, by our biases, our emotions. But rather, we have to be following Musar, which is that which turns us in the right direction, in the direction of Tyra. We need to be pulled along in the correct direction and hold on to that rope. I want to bless you and ask you to bless me. Hashem should help us. That we should be able to indeed hold on to the rope of Tyra. Not be led astray as Korach was led astray. He was in this error. He was inspired, but he was inspired in the wrong way. Vayikach, he took the wrong inspiration. Hashem should help us to be inspired to take the correct direction, to take the correct inspiration. Hashem should help us to indeed hold on to the Torah, hold on to Him, so that we have life, and so that we merit to get to that time when indeed the Yitzhar, the biases are removed from us, and all that we have is that natural inclination towards doing the will of Hashem. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes, Ari Goldwag.